0: Hi there, and thanks for joining us. A special start to this week's episode because we are on McCurtain Street, about to go into the historic Metropole Hotel ahead of the start of the jazz weekend. But there's no point in me welcoming you when I have a consummate professional with me in the form of guest relations manager here at the Met, John Coleman. John, over to you. You're very welcome to Red Business.
1: Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.
0: So where we're sitting right now in a couple of hours time is going to be absolutely heaving with people because we are in the home of the Guinness Cork Jazz Festival at the Metropole Hotel and a veteran of the festival is sitting
2: in front of me. Roger Russell, how are you? Very good. How are you today, Jonathan?
0: I am good. How many uh, have you been at the helm here for in the Metropole?
2: This will be my twenty-first jazz festival. Oh, come can, can here, key to the door. <laughs> yeah, uh, in many guises, I suppose. I, I've been running them in in the hotel here uh, pr- probably since two thousand and three. So how many is that? Sixteen. Um, and like, is it a
0: set format? Because it's re- it's a hive of activity here now. We're we're recording this on the Friday, so it, it, as I said, a couple of hours, this place is going to be hopping. I can see where Dave Mack is going to be doing his program for later on. It's hard to anticipate. And to describe how busy this place is going to be later.
2: Yeah, the place. Is, well, it's going to be hopping later. And there's always a fantastic atmosphere in here. In terms of, you know, is there a set formula? There, there is and there isn't. You know, there, we 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 have key locations where we strategically put uh, pop up bars so that we can best cater to the the customer who's coming in. So they can, you know, they can get a, a drink really easily. You know, we've a lot of food stations here as well. And um, and it's it's all about it's all geared to making the customer experience as seamless as possible so that they can come in, they can enjoy the atmosphere and they can enjoy the jazz. And every year we sit back afterwards and we say, right, okay, that was great, but how do we do it better? And we do that every year and you know, we think we're doing a pretty good job at I,
0: I saw a man wheeling in a massive grand piano when I was coming in, so that's going to be put to good use. You still have to function as a hotel though and you, you have your guests staying upstairs who've been booked in for months. It's full tilt here and everybody has a role to play
2: absolutely uh, as you say we're, we're still a hotel and just because it's the jazz festival it doesn't mean that we stop being a hotel we still have our overnight guests uh, some of whom come for the jazz festival some of whom are coming for uh, the the atmosphere and um, and some of them are coming to Cork just for the weekend so you know I suppose it's um, it's still a hotel operation uh, reception is still going to be very busy with all the customers that are checking in and checking out. And uh, we, we keep going. Um,
0: the history of the hotel. I mean, how did it become the home? Or was it just it happened over time that this was the home of the first jazz festival and then it just kept going and going?
2: Yeah, it was back in 1978. There was a bridge, a bridge, um, a bridge tour had a group coming over to Cork a, for a, a bridge competition cancelled at the last minute and the sales team here at the hotel got to he- got together and said right okay we've a big hole in our business what are we going to do about it and the jazz scene in Cork was 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 very active in in at that time already so and some of the people who were working in the hotel were involved in it and uh, they they said well let's do let's have a jazz festival so it started just in the hotel here um, and then it went out onto the street and then it started getting sponsorship and, and gained more and more traction over the years and it's developed into what it is today.
0: Uh, which is a huge money spinner, not just for the Metropole, but for all the pubs and clubs around the city, all the restaurants, everywhere is going to be absolutely jammed uh, across the Jazz Weekend. Um but I'd imagine it's a very stressful time for you and your team because there's an awful lot of people going through and there's no rest for you while people will have a great time here everyone's working
2: really hard it is stressful but you know what it's great fun too and um, the team really really get get excited for it they really enjoy it um, it's it, it's it's a little bit different to what we do on a day-to-day basis, and um, because of the the jazz music, the atmosphere, it's a little bit more laid back as well. Uh, and it gives the, the the guys the they really enjoy working flat out too, which is which is a testament to them a, as a team. So, you know, I'm really lucky. I have some fantastic people working here, and and they love the jazz festival. They love the Metropole, and they love working really hard. So. Uh, Yeah, Um,
0: we have had a huge change uh, in this area, the Victorian quarters come on, leaps and bounds I saw across the road a couple of weeks ago they put back up the Thompson sign which is fabulous because it just reminds me of when I was driving up the street as a kid, seeing the bread vans going in and out, Harley Street which is the road to the side is after reopening to pedestrians as well which means it's going to be easier for people to get to the Met this is an area that is only going in one direction and that's
2: up absolutely it, it's been it's been a fantastic journey I suppose over the last five or six years since the inception of the the Victorian quarter we have a fantastic community of businesses um, of people who live on the street we um, everybody working together it's great to see all the new additions coming to the street and and every new business that opens on the street brings more people to the street and as you say you know there's there's a couple of more business there's a couple of restaurants that are going to be up opening up shortly there's a a major distributor uh, for the catering industry that's opening up a business on the street shortly as well uh recently uh we you know i had the the, um, I was able to see some of the plans for what they're, they're going to do with McCurtain Street and the two-way um, redevelopment uh, and that's going to that's going to be really really exciting for McCurtain Street and the surrounding area not to mention the development down there in Horrigan's Key. so wow in in two years three years McCurtain Street and the Victorian quarter is going to be very very different to what it is today and it's fantastic to see
0: well look that's in the future. Immediately now, you have to get through the Jazz Festival over the course of the next couple of days. Look, Red FM is really delighted to be involved with the Jazz here at the Metropole. So we wish you and your colleagues the very best to look. There'll be people listening to this with a post-Jazz hangover. So I hope they appreciate all the effort you put in. But for now, Roger Russell, General Manager at the Metropole Hotel. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business.
2: Thanks, Jonathan.
1: Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.
0: Always a pleasure to welcome back a guest who's been on the podcast before. And Margaret O'Regan, Operations Director with Event Plan, is sitting in front of me again in the very same studio, this time with a cold though, Margaret. So you you are struggling like many right now, aren't you?
1: It's the time of the year and unfortunately when I need my voice for my job, it's quite difficult. But I'm struggling on true, taking my vitamin C (laughs) and keeping the sunny side out. What a
0: trooper. trooper. Uh, You are in to talk about um, charity gigs. Uh, And it's funny because I was at the CUH Ball recently as the MC and uh, this came up that there is an event taking place in Cork City Hall on November the 16th uh, that is specifically raising funds for the new, it's called the paediatric unit but we'll always call it the children's ward at the CUH. Tell us a little bit about the event.
1: Okay, well we are delighted to be working alongside um, a fabulous team that have been put together to organise this event which is going to happen on the 16th of November in the City Hall. Uh, Gillian Kelleher and Dr David Milan who work up in the CUH Paediatrics have pulled us in to work with them to pull off this night that's going to happen with Walking on Cars being the headline act. We have some more acts that are going to be released in the coming weeks and it's going to be a fantastic night in the City Hall.
0: So it's a kind of a big night. It's, it's not just one band performing at the top of the stage.
1: Absolutely not. There's going to be, um, doors are going to open at half seven with a full-on event happening until about 2am in the morning. There's going to be three, four bands playing. There's going to be interviews for Agildari Darcy is the MC on the night and Fergal is going to be interviewing some of our Munster rugby stars, some of our GA stars. Darvalo Rourke is there on the night. Lisa Jordan, Will Sliney. So there's going to be like a little bit of a a late, late night element to the event as well, as well as a concert and a disco. Is this
0: the first time something like this has actually been staged in Cork? I can't remember an event like this. We've had a lot of charity balls and charity events, but this is kind of unique, isn't it? It
1: is unique. And I think a different slant on... um, Um, a night out and a fundraising night. I think that Gillian and Dr David Milan have really pushed out the boat to Think about something different. Get people who may not go to the traditional ball, um, but want to go to a concert and want to raise money for a really good cause. Yeah. and everyone here in Cork has had some connection, I think, with the CUH Pediatrics in some shape. Absolutely, I, I, I was and there. not just Cork monster.
0: Yeah, I was there relatively recently uh, with, with my own young fellow, and and the ED. God help mm. it needs a serious job, and and that's one of the things that's being refurbished with this plan. The new Children's Ward, which is yes. still not open, but it's very close. Needs the extra few bob to get it over the line. And and fundraising for vital equipment that the hospital needs. I mean, taxpayers bring a certain amount in, but we, we kind of collectively need to do a little bit more, don't we?
1: Absolutely. And I think, again, I have three young kids uh, myself. So, so you're familiar with it I'm as well. Quite familiar. <laughs> and I, I live very locally to it. So I suppose it's uh, fantastic for me that I live so local that it, this is a fantastic hospital that's right on our doorstep. But when you go up there and you use the facilities and you see the fantastic work that the staff have to do day in and day out but there is still basic stuff that we the public can help fundraise to assist them with to make the conditions up there better for us going in as parents and for obviously the children who are experiencing the need uh, look,
0: An event like this uh, it, it's different because you, you, you do a lot of corporate events and you make sure they run smoothly and you're very good at what you do but does, does something like this kind of stress you out a small bit because you, you know you, are, you have to fill a very big room it's not mm. your usual corporate crowd yeah. um, and and you have to sell tickets <laughs> it's just it's a little bit is it out of your comfort zone ever so slightly?
1: Well you know every event uh, that we do is different and it brings its own set of challenges and this one obviously will have different challenges but we Honestly, I suppose the most important thing with any event is to work with a great team and have the right people doing the right Jobs on that team, and I think we have a good team that's um, there. Gillian, David, um, the charity officers supporting us, getting the the tickets sold, and all the committee: um, Lisa Jordan, Dervla Rourke, Will Sliney. Obviously, the bands that have committed their time are all promoting the event um, to make sure that we have a fantastic night.
0: Um, but when you're doing something like this, is is a charity event different to the corporate events that you do?
1: Well I mean they all, all have a different purpose but I guess for me I suppose personally I suppose there's a personal connection to the CUH pa- paediatric so it means something different and you want to see that on the night that we fundraise money that then is going to actually be used to the benefit of the people that get to use the facility and also to create awareness that this hospital is the centre of excellence for the whole of Munster and needs to be developed for that and I suppose for me then that's the personal satisfaction and it is different mm-hmm. because a corporate night has a different um, in purpose. It is about making people feel, you know, happy in their work inclusive well, um, I and mean, appreciated. What, you, what it. you're
0: trying to say there is this is going to be a lot more crack than your average corporate night but you're too polite to say <laughs> that out loud much.
1: all our nights have an element of fun (laughs) and well they should have Um, but yes it's going to be different this is a concert this is um, standing inside the city hall you know it's going to be a band playing number of bands playing it's going to be interacting with people and it Plans to be a great night.
0: You're also doing the Crumlin Ball, which is coming up soon. So that's raising money for a different children's hospital, but one that Cork kids have to yes. head towards as well. When is that on?
1: That is on on the 2nd of November, and that's on in the Clayton Silver Springs. And the fantastic Anne Marie O'Sullivan is heading that up as the chairperson. So you can get tickets by contacting Anne Marie.
0: Okay, very good. So, and if they're looking to go to the Walking on Cars event, can they get their hands Absolutely. on
1: tickets? Absolutely. You can go online to see you. Uh, cuh.clearbookings.com and you can purchase tickets there if you cannot make the night you can also go on there and make a donation or you can contact me Margaret, at eventplan.ie if you want to give a raffle prize or anything that we'll use on the night Well I, I'm prescribing
0: a, a good glass of Lempsip for you now go <laughs> home and mind yourself because we need you fit for the 16th of November good luck uh, to everyone organising uh, this particularly great event in support of the CUH Paediatric Unit uh, Margaret O'Regan Operations Director with Event Plant. Thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thanks, Jonathan, as always. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business.
0: Next up on Red Business, uh, somebody whose business produces condiments. And by condiments, I mean lovely things like ketchup and so on. Um, and the good news is, it, it, I, I, I'm not that I rifle through the bags of guests when they come through the door, but it looks like she bought stuff with her. Loretta Kennedy of Mama Bear Foods, how are you?
3: I'm great, thank you. You've
0: you've respected the rule. You've brought stuff. But we'll we'll, we'll look at the stuff in a minute. Tell me, how come you've called it Mama Bear Foods?
3: Oh, wow. Um, Well, I suppose I'm I'm a mother. I'm a mother of three. So I have three daughters. And um, we love food in our house. And um, I started making the ketchup for them. So it came from... Um, a place of wanting to give them the best food, um, cut down on the junk we were buying. And uh, when I had my logo developed, I have a, a baby bear and uh, a mama bear. And I think it really kind of sums up what
0: my brand is okay. about. Well, show me the, show me that you have the bottle. Yep. So, give me this. so here we have it. This is the actual. Oh, yeah. It says mama bear, less sugar, more taste, tomato tomat- ketchup made in Ireland using only good, honest Ingredients. Yeah, okay. That's so it. I, I'm going to taste it here now. So I'm going to hang on. You should have brought chips. You should have brought chips. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you did drop the ball there. Hang on. That's really nice.
3: Thank you. That's really nice. Mm, thank you.
0: Um, wh- how did you set about doing this? Why? Why this?
3: Um, well, it started with one of my children. We went to a regular dental visit and she had developed a cavity and she hadn't had one um, before that and after I got over the initial mortification <laughs> of oh my god how could this fear, happen on yeah. my watch um, we went through our diet and you know I mean we'd have our goody nights on a Friday evening whatever but we identified ketchup as the culprit she was eating loads of it loads of it she loved it um, and I was letting her away with it because busy house you know if they'll eat the vegetables with a bit of ketchup I was putting the ketchup out and buying it so I decided we weren't going to buy any more ketchup we were going cold turkey and they didn't react well to that so then I said right I'm going to start making my own healthy version and I used to have to secretly decant it from the saucepan into a squeezy bottle just to get it past them at the start Oh, So
0: you—you you, that was a t- typical parental subterfuge there. Yeah
3: yeah, and I was trying all sorts of. But did they things. notice
0: the difference in the taste?
3: Um, the first couple of batches they did because it isn't the same batch that's on sale now. So I was trying um, different variations: some with you know um, sweet peppers, some with um, apple, different different ingredients. Um, so I finally whittled it down to uh, a recipe that we were all really really happy now,
0: with. What I'm I'm trying to work out why this is different to other mm. ketchups? It's not as Tart is probably the first thing my taste buds are telling me, yeah. and second of all, it tastes of tomatoes, which makes me fear that what I consider to be tomato ketchup actually has long since distanced itself from tomatoes.
3: What a lot of people do comment on is the the strong tomato taste, and it got thumbs up from Joe McNamee and Katie McGuinness and um, both food critics in Ireland um, for its taste and we actually won a Blas Heron award in Dingle at the weekend oh,
1: congratulations. which
3: shows that you know when it's been blind tasted by a panel of food critics from all over Ireland it gets um, the thumbs up and won silver in its category which was huge for us um, so in the ketchup um, I have a high tomato content and I'm using an Irish Bramley apple cider vinegar um, which gives it a really distinct taste um, I also use something called chicory root fiber, which is a prebiotic fiber, which is it's good for the gut. OK. And that also adds a little bit of sweetness. And um, there are a couple of other nice ingredients in there for a thickener. I use a rice starch and that gives it a really nice glossy look because one of the things I was finding um, when I was making it in my own kitchen, it was it was fine. But when I went to commercial production then um People are looking for that glossy shop bought look. Nearly you it know? needs to be shiny. It needs to be shiny. Yeah. It can't separate. It can't have bits in it. And if any of those things are showing up, um, just, it, wouldn't. The, they well, first,
0: it wouldn't pass the kids. And and it nine wouldn't. times out of ten, that's the test. And
3: you're not going to buy it again. So
0: you're not making it in your kitchen anymore, then?
3: No, no, no. So it started in the kitchen. Then I went and I did a lot of research at farmers' Market. so mahan Farmers' Market, um, and then I went to a commercial kitchen, um because I needed to move out of my own kitchen. Okay, That's <laughs> um, Other foods need to be prepared in your own kitchen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we've got to the point now, we launched um, in Super Value November of last year and then a couple of months later we pitched to Aldi. We went into Aldi then na- nationwide in June of this year and we have since been selected as one of their top five Grow with Aldi products. So it is now stocked in Aldi nationwide.
0: Okay, so it's, it's, it's pretty much I- I- yeah. in all the Aldi stores and, and a lot of the super values in of the, the food super academy. Um, do you have more plans than just tomato ketchup right I do, now?
3: I do. I do. Um, so there, we have another flavor in development at the moment. Um, hopefully that will be launched before Christmas. But you won't tell me because you'll have to kill me. I won't tell you just yet. Yep. Yeah. And I have a couple more products in the condiments range. I, I think I just really wanted to bed this down. Um, we have reworked our labels as well to make it more kind of sing that it is a tomato ketchup. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to learn as I'm going, really. Yeah. Um, Getting the feedback and taking the feedback on board. I mean, the
0: the only... Criteria you've given me so far to be a te- tomato ketchup manufacturer is that your kids uh, had a cavity. Uh, what did you do before? I mean, was there a previous existence as as, as master chef, or what? What brought you <laughs> to no, this point?
3: Not at all. Um, interestingly, my I, there are five of us in my family. We're from the west of Ireland, and out of the five of us, four of us have gone down the entrepreneurial route. Um, my sister has two food businesses. My brother has a food business, and my brother in America has his own business. So we're just waiting on our baby them, brother now to, to them start them, his own. There must book. have been something in the There's water. Something in the water is something <laughs> in the blood. Um, my background is in social psychology, and I've worked with charities over the year in our over the years in Ireland and the UK, and uh, spent uh, a stint in Italy as well, working as an English language teacher. So, so none the, of us
0: tomato ketchup making was, is not a natural flow no, for many of those.
3: No, and it. it purely came from um, a needs I, I think really yeah. um, of course now I did have my family who I could bounce ideas off and then I did link in with Chagask as well to help me with the with the recipe at the end so I did call in the food scientist towards well, the, the end well, that's fine
0: yeah. as a, that, that is needed <laughs> but there's 60% less sugar in this than, than standard and ketchup. that was
3: my criteria I wanted the sugar content to be less than 10 so I've got it down to 9.5 grams of sugar per 100 grams so it's, it's not sugar free um, again there you know there's there's sugar in tomatoes um, there is a little bit of a, a, a sweetness from the chicory root fibre yeah. um, and I think what was really important for me was to get the look right to get the taste right to get the mouth feel right and the nutrition Well as right. I said
0: it does taste good now having just taken a little sample of it here uh, This is the time of year when my house is literally overflowing with tomatoes It is very much a peak time uh, for tomatoes uh, to the point at which they're going off at this point they're going cripes I better do something with them Where are you sourcing your tomatoes?
3: So my tomatoes are being... I, I suppose they're from my manufacturer so I'm working with a manufacturing partner now so we're using a combination of Italian tomatoes and tomatoes from Greece okay because yeah. they have them all
0: year round they looking they have books. them all year round yeah. I
3: mean I'm growing some tomatoes at my back well my eight year old is growing tomatoes <laughs> you're at like me back. so you, you'll have a large collection yes. for the next few we, we weeks and then bit. nothing yes yeah. exactly <laughs> um, we might have maybe ten left I think certainly not enough to make um, half a, a big batch of half a pot, ketchup. half a pot yeah. of your
0: own well look uh, we wish you the very best of luck as a said Aldi and Super Value where yeah. you are right now but more will follow no doubt at Loretta Kennedy of Mama Bear Foods. Congratulations and the best to know.
3: Thank you so much.
0: My thanks to all of my guests as always and to the Metropole who allowed us to record some of the podcast here today. We do hope you enjoyed or indeed are enjoying the jazz Neve Hennessy produced and we'll catch you on the
1: next one. Red Business All that's best about business in court.